Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Not Another Mummy Podcast. I'm Alison Perry, and you're listening to episode 38. Today's guest is Cara Spencer, who is a mum of three. Her eldest son, Grayson, was born with brain damage and he's got a genetic condition that so far has been undiagnosed despite endless tests by multiple doctors and experts. She juggles the needs of Grayson with those of her younger two children and in this episode of the podcast, Cara talks about what a challenge that is, how it affects her life, her marriage and how it has changed her over the years. Cara also discusses what getting a diagnosis would mean to her and the lack of support that's currently available to the families of undiagnosed cases like Grayson. What shines through as Cara speaks is just what a strong lady she is and how lucky all three of her kids are to have her as a mum. Cara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, So your mum to Grayson, who is nine? Yeah. Addison, who's seven, yes. and Deacon, who's five. Yeah, well done. Yes. <laughs> That's impressive. I was having a look on your blog and uh, trying to work out the ages of, yeah. of your kids. And, um, and some I have of the, an update. Yeah, some of, some of the yeah, stuff's don't. a bit outdated. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so um, so he was two then, so now he'll be this age, and he's just left reception. Okay, so yeah. that's good. Yes, he's just right. turned five, actually. So. Yes, lovely. Um, okay, so tell me about Grayson. So he was born with brain damage, is that right? Yeah, but we didn't know. You didn't know at the time? No, so we found out when he was four and a half months old. So for four and a half months, as far as you were concerned, everything was fine? No, so... Grayson was born, um, by all accounts, at 37 weeks, but by my date's 35. But he was born after three-day labour, of third-stage labour, and he was born without fluids, so I'd lost my fluids 48 hours before, and they hadn't given me antibiotics, because you're supposed to have antibiotics within 24 hours of losing fluids. I see. Um, He was born with the cord around his neck, blue usually think, but didn't cry at all. Mm. And I actually was, on, I was partially unconscious when he was born, so my memory of it was very vague anyway. And when I came to, he actually wasn't there. So my biggest fear when I was pregnant was the loss, like my child being stolen in hospital, which was really random. And then I woke up and he wasn't there. Oh, my goodness. But Ashley was with him. But, yes, yeah, so they thought it was just because the cord was around his neck, um, so he was starved of breath, oxygen, mm. and because of the lock of fluids 
he had caught an infection. So by all accounts, he was put in special care and they thought it was just a, a really nasty infection because you need those fluids to stop infection. And why, why did that fluids thing happen soon? I mean, my impression was that if somebody, if their waters break, mm-hmm. they, they get that baby out of there yeah, fast. Nice. So our local hospital was understaffed. I see. Is the short... I have pros and cons with the NHS. I have to use the NHS daily. That hospital I won't go back to. Right. Um, we do have issues with that care and level of treatment. But yeah, I went. I was loss of fluids, and then he wasn't delivered actually till forty eight hours later. Right. I was going in for emergency C section, um, but there was someone whose baby was in much worse case so they got taken in in front of me and my midwife who was delivering me who was phenomenal knew that I was terrified of a c-section because I have an intolerance to anaesthesia oh do you so I would have had to go under complete sedation yeah and she said you've got 20 minutes to get this baby out and she got the forceps I pushed and we got him out so but by all accounts either way it would have been a problem it wasn't because of birth it was because at 13 weeks I nearly lost him, and whatever happened at 13 weeks, he had a stroke. Really? In utero, so... I didn't know that, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't yeah. know that, no, I didn't realise that babies... Usually it only happens from major trauma, and they still can't comprehend why. They still... So the brain damage is one issue, and his genetic condition is another, and the two have caused a massive problem. Right. But So as far by when he was like diagnosed at four months, he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at four months, because they genuinely thought it was a brain damage-related issue, yeah. and by 18 months, he would be a normal little boy. He would just always struggle... He wouldn't do so well at sports day, was their exact terms to us when they came to us at six months. Mm. Sports day will always be difficult for Grayson, but everything else will be excellent. And then that wasn't the case. So at that point, did you feel quite... Did you feel a bit more optimistic about mm. about things and about his future? Yeah. yeah, I remember... I actually looked back on a blog post the other day. I wrote the day that we got that diagnosis. And I'm like, I'm so positive. And I'm like, my little boy, yes, he's he's not who he was supposed to be, but he's going to be okay. And I, all those dreams that I have for him are still going to be dreams that are going to be... He's going to aspire to... And now it's obviously a different case. Um, so what, what, what was it like for you then when you realised that, that wasn't the case? At what, at what point did, did you get a diagnosis that was actually, this is a bit more serious than we thought? And um, We've never really had it. So it's always been like, he's not achieved to a month. So we would go, because he was very closely monitored. So the first 20 months, we were in hospital every month locally, who we had a phenomenal doctor who I love dearly. Um, and he was put into, in within that hospital, they have a special unit where there was a nursery. So at five months, Grayson went to nursery, which was the hardest thing I had to do. Mm. But they explained that if he went there, it would help him develop. So we, and the ladies that run the nursery are still friends of ours now. They're incredible women. So by all accounts... Every day just felt like he was... And he was gaining... He was slowly developing. So up to about two years old, he was he was just very tiny. Like, people go, oh, look at him, he's so cute, little six-month-old. And I'm like, no, 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 he's actually nearly two. And he was still in six-month clothes at two. And he learnt to sit at about a year and a half. So he was doing everything, but just so much slower. So mm. 
he was the happiest baby. He never cried. He was never miserable. The only thing he didn't do as normal was he didn't sleep and he didn't eat properly. But both were things that were expected for a delayed child. It was only... At two years, they sort of said, okay, yeah, he's definitely slower than we were expecting. Is that because at that point you would expect a child to have some speech? Yeah, so he wasn't... He was Even though he was under massive, massive amounts of therapy, so he did... OT, physio and salt for an hour each week, which he hated. And he would shout at them in his own little way and everything. He was so aggressive with them. But he, yeah, he wasn't making progress and they just couldn't understand. Actually, they just didn't understand it. And that's when he was sent for more neurological tests. And uh, as well as the bleed, they found what are called calcifications. And he had over 100 over his skull, which was... Really, so his, his neurologist said to us, everybody has them, and if you did an MRI on everybody's brain, there will be massive problems with everybody's brain. He said, but your son has such an extreme amount. And then they found that his skull had fused incorrectly. Mm. So they, all these little things weren't playing right, but they were still, up until nearly three, saying, no, he's going to be okay. And no one's actually turned around, there's only one doctor that has ever turned around and said he's not going to be, everyone else still goes, oh, well, you never know. And would, as a mum, what would you prefer? Like, have you honesty? Have you, you, you want the honesty. You mm. want to be so told. The doctor I said about who we loved. The first time we walked into her appointment at six months old, um, she's a developmental paediatrician locally, and she went. So you know your son has brain damage. Let's move on. And we just sat there and went no, because we hadn't. Although we'd been told he had a bleed on his brain, no one had ever used the term brain damage. And as absolutely stupid as that sounds now, we hadn't put two and two together. Yeah, but I then you're not medically trained. No. And you're just and focused on caring for it. this baby. And we just had this little baby and we were doing the everyday and the we were writing journals of feeding and everything. And so when she said it, we just went, <gasps> and she just went, okay, you didn't know that, did you? And we were like, no. And she said, I'm not the sort of doctor that's not going to be blunt. And we were not, no, be blunt. Mm-hmm. And swear, she has always been blunt to that from well, until she retired recently. She's always come to us and said, you know, no, he's not going to do it. And she said to me, she went, when he walked, she went, told you it'd be a miracle. Because they told us he wouldn't walk at about three. They said, it's not possible, the damage is too great. And she went, I knew he'd walk. He's my miracle child. And she and she still contacts me now. She's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so thinking back to when, when you were going through all of this and you weren't really sure what the future held, it must have, it must have been really stressful for you yeah. guys. Not only were you you know, learning how to care for Grayson, but you were dealing with all of the emotions that, that came with it. Was there any kind of almost grieving process that you were going through that do you think looking mm. back at what could it. have been? You're still going through it now. Yeah. yeah. I I spoke to so many special needs or additional need parent, whatever the correct term is at this month. And we all liken it to grieving. There are some of us that cope with it better. I've never pretended that I would push that magic button mm. and make him normal tomorrow. And that may change his complete personality. I don't like to th- I don't like to think that's the truth. But so you would press the button. Oh, yeah. You would. You when you watch your child go through 250 seizures a day, you watch them like for example today he has screamed from the second he woke up to the second he left the house today he's cried because he just doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't like it Mm. and that that's not 
that's not he, he's living but he's not living a life that's good for him yeah and that's not fair you know and you watch his siblings and I think oh he could be doing that or he well he's going to be 10 so he would be getting ready to go to secondary school he'd be starting that Kent test process and he's not doing any of that yeah. you know he's he still can't even chew and swallow so so how how have you how have you handled that those feelings blogging helped massively so every time something really life changing for him happens like the head injury where he nearly died um the pneumonia i blog and that it's like a release it's it's gone i'm very fought i found big pros from social media being a parent of special needs because I have in excess of 3,000 people at the touch of a button all the time. Those first six, from four months to six months, we didn't leave hospital ever. And I was so lonely. And um, Ashley had gone back to work because we couldn't afford not to work. And friends and family came less. And I was on my own. And I didn't know about social media. And last time we were in hospital for six weeks... I had visits from people in London who I've met through social media. That's amazing. I had just constant messages, people checking I'm okay, people talking to me. That's that's what keeps me going. But the grief's never gone. It's it some days it's like every day and then one day something so small and it's like it hits you and mm. I cry and I get really angry and I don't understand why my son was chosen and all those things mm. but and have you um, been offered or sought out any kind of support or counselling to help you no. manage this? No, absolutely nothing, which really sad. So I did one support group, which basically Grayson's old preschool, which was a special needs preschool linked to the school he's in now. There was a teacher there who was doing a university degree and she wanted to prove that the having like counselling for special needs parents would help so much with progression into school and so many different things and she was she managed to set up like a 12 week like program to show the benefits but also doing it from the point of view as an educational standpoint for her degree and she proved it and they refused to keep going Mm. and I've been to my doctor a couple of times my doctor's really good but he said to me the only therapy or help we could get at cost and we just don't have that financial ability to do that so no and I think we need it yeah the only the only time we'll ever get it is if we we have we lose him and they've told us that so yeah that 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 doesn't seem fair at all and it also doesn't seem fair to expect you guys to pay privately for that kind of support because I guess that's your your only option yeah no tablets I can take tablets which I don't take Mm. get offered tablets and I think it's sad because the statistics mahoosive I read years ago something like 85% of special needs family of special needs will end up in divorce and to be honest nearly everyone I know has ended up in divorce not solely because of that child but it's such a huge contributing factor it must be the pressure oh it's it's immense and I'm very fortunate with Ashley but there's a lot of dads that step away and go into work and you know get involved in work and everything of course. else so you can, poor mums you can understand that that, yeah. that is like a coping mechanism oh, yeah. isn't it that you if you can almost escape exactly. from that reality well I did it I had after I had Addy I had severe postnatal depression because I had geared my brain up to believe I was going to have another disabled child 
So when she was born, and she was a bit poorly the first couple of weeks, but after that she was fine. I then actually didn't know how to look after a baby that was normal. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I spiralled really badly. And my doctor said he was expecting it because after three years of bringing up a child with such additional needs, how could I not? And the only thing I could do was go back to work. So I went to, but when Addy was three weeks old, I went back to work seven days, six days a week. And Ashley gave up work. Wow. And now I feel, I feel so much guilt still about it. But I know, still now know, it was the only decision we could make. You've got to do what you've got to because do. Because I just, it, I wouldn't, I, her, I was fine. I could care for her and do everything I needed. But I didn't, couldn't build that connection of love for her. Mm. All I cared about was Grayson. All I wanted to deal with was Grayson. Um, and I thought it was better if I just left. And I would get in the car and drive away. And I just... It was the best scenario for us, and it saved us as a couple. But yeah, um, and how how have things kind of developed over the years in terms of, um, you know, how you split your time as a mum between your kids and their needs, and also their their relationship? It's hard. If I'd known now, I probably wouldn't have had three. I didn't realise how difficult it'd be. We had Addy because they told us. Um, Grayson needed a child to aspire to to develop so I had Addison and was that at a point where they hadn't fully recognised how serious yeah Grayson and they still didn't know and they so their first the, the neurological genetics team said don't have another child until we diagnose him mm-hmm. which obviously now at nine he's still not diagnosed so by their accounts I still wouldn't have another child but local care said it would be the best thing for him so we did it and then when we had Addison and Addison at two still wasn't talking because she was mimicking Grayson. Right. They said again when we took Addison, for, she went under speech therapy and everything else. They said she needs a sibling. The mm-hmm. problem is she has no sibling to like live with, to build relationships with. She's building a relationship with a child that can't respond to her. So we had Deacon. <laughs> and no, no point did anyone say to me, actually, it's really difficult. Yeah. Because... That's amazing. It's... it's, it's... It's amazing and selfless, though, because you are basically making these decisions based on 100% mm. what the right thing is for your children. Yeah. Rather than actually, how will this affect me and us as a couple and what yeah, can I cope with? it's actually been detrimental to us as a couple because the problem is, is now Grayson's bigger, nobody will care for Grayson. So, happily, people will take... You know, oh, it's easy to look after Addison and Deacon. Um, Grayson needs special equipment, special beds. It means anyone that would want to look after Grayson has to come here. Yeah. And um, people don't want to come here. They it's don't. They like... want to be in their own homes and take their grandchildren. So you can't just like book a babysitter. No. And so we get one night off a year from my parents, but it's ex- it's exhausting. But and at the same time, we are we find it really important. So what we do is we spend an awful lot of time with each child individually which sounds like how do you do, you do it, but we sp- Ashley's really comfortable with it. I'm not so much. I want us to be a family unit. Ashley is very comfortable in that we made a decision a few years ago that we're not just a family unit. We have to be two family units, and I'm still not very... Two as in mum so with mums kids. So mum does some with kids, dad okay. does some with kids. So yeah. they all get... So, for example, he will take Addison swimming on her own or he'll have a whole day with Addison where they'll go to the cinema and they'll go for Costa and really simple, silly thing, go to the park and yeah. play. But that's it, that's Addison's time. And the same with Deacon. 
and I go away with Addison once a year for a night a year. She gets two whole days, and he does it. He's now doing it Deacon this year, and they requested that. So they were given in January. They were given a notebook each to write ten things that they wanted to do through 2018, just for them, yeah. not for anyone else. And funnily enough, they are really good, and they picked like half of the activities. They went, we want to do that because Grayson can do it with us. Oh, um, which is really nice so nice yeah so they pick like we want to go to a new zoo but one that's wheelchair friendly Addison put that's nice you, you kind of expect them to do to pick things that they can do very separate without Grayson being yeah. there no Addison Addison gets really upset that her brother is like she, she gets really upset that her brother's not at school with her right so she'll cry like we had it for about a year in year one like year one she didn't really notice it because she was still so small but year one where so many of her class got siblings yeah. and she was just like I don't understand why he can't come to school with me and I said but you know what and she goes yeah I understand that but I still don't understand why he has to be like that it's, said, it's no. a big thing for a seven year old yeah. to take in or a six year old to take in so what um, where does Grayson go does he go to a, a special, special needs school? school so he goes you have different levels of special needs schools Thankfully, in Canterbury, which is the closest town to us, they have a severe, complex and profound school because he falls into all those categories. So he goes there. In theory, so he's statemented and his statement says he can do anything between one hour or six hours a day at school, depending on parents' discretion. Right. So we try and do full five days a week. And presently, he probably does averagely four days a week okay. so it's really good at the moment and what kind of things does, does he do there what kind of care does he get there so he does ref- he does a really nice day actually <laughs> he gets a really relaxing day he does reflexology every day on his feet he has reflexology he does hydrotherapy he does a question therapy trampolining um his main goals are things like learning to play with peers learning to share because he doesn't know children exist so you put him in a room of children he just wouldn't even notice they were there mm. um he does a lot of like visual impairment work because he's visually impaired it's the most simple things learning how to feed himself um learning to make choices so his current goal is to try and tell you he wants to go to toilet well, he's obviously not toilet trained he's pad tra- but they have to go to a certain room to do that so they're trying to instigate him telling them that he wants to be changed mm. why he's wet or he's sort of and it's the most basic life skills really we took a right step back because he hasn't actually where he's actually cognitively more delayed than when he started in reception so he's gone right back to what they call early learning so the equivalent to what you were doing like nursery yeah yeah it sounds like he's somewhere really good and supportive his teacher's phenomenal and 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 what does that mean for you in terms of your day-to-day routine do you have to drive him there and drop him off and you know how how do you balance that off with getting the other kids to their school and getting to work that's the hardest part so our house is in the middle of both schools so Grayson's is 15 minutes one way and Addison and Deacon's is 10 minutes the other and it's hard because in theory they all do school hours exactly the same so Grayson's is 9 to 3 they're 9 to 3 20 so at the moment Ashley and I both have to do school runs and it's hard work and it it meant for the first two years Addison was at school, she used to have to come to work with me every day. So I would, I don't start work till after they start school, but two days a week then, I'd have to go and pick her up and she'd have to come back to work and stay with me at work till six o'clock. 
And were your employers okay with that? Yeah, because I'm employed by my dad. I, I, I wondered, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very fortunate. I'm sure you've mentioned that before. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm employed by my dad. That's we, really fortunate. It is. And we did look at, both of us looked at getting other jobs, and we just don't think it's possible. So basically, employers are, if you are a family or a person of a parent of a special needs child, employers are supposed to give you full flexibility. Mm. But as someone whose dad has always owned and run a business, which is based around 40, 50 employees, and someone that's had to deal with that, like being a head role, I just think that's so unfair. Mm. And yes, I really desperately want us to both be able to go out to work and do all those things. But you, you can't ask an employee, you know, for example, in the next six weeks, we have five days in London in hospital. Now... I can't ask an employer to, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take these five days off, please. You know, they just, it, it, there's no flexibility it's, to that. It's hard, though, isn't it? Because more and more people do have needs for flexible working, yeah. whether it is what you're experiencing Single or parent. caring for elderly yeah. relatives yeah. or so many things. And it kind of feels like, actually, we do need employers. There needs to be people that get, yeah, there needs to be given to. I'm very lucky. My dad is brilliant at giving and taking. No, but then at the same time, I give back. So I was, you know, in labour with Grayson and I was still at work. So it's, we're very flexible. <laughs> yeah, I know, a lot of people laugh. Oh I took eight days maternity leave with Deke Grayson. I took five with Addison and I took ten with Deacon. Wow. Because my role's too important. There's no one else to do my role within the company. So it would be impossible and so it swings around about yes I might be missing but then if my dad needs me sometimes on a 10 o'clock at night job I'm there to do it so the problem is is we get a lot of negative the only negative comments Ashley and I really get is about the fact Ashley doesn't work and people go I don't understand why he doesn't work you must claim those benefits firstly we don't claim benefits at all we just really struggle you must be entitled to some though we get disability benefit but that's for Grayson and much to what people believe we had it outside Addison's school the other day someone made a comment to me one of the parents and said oh you get so much money though you know for your son and I went mm, actually no we get like 300 pounds a month it's yeah. really not a lot of money and I said out of that every time I travel to London that has to come out of that cost his nappies come out of that cost you know medications everything comes out of that cost and we get carers allowance, but Ashley's carers allowance. There's a lot of in the media at the moment parents mm, petitioning. Yeah, I've seen that because they, Ashley's they hourly rate. No, Ashley's hourly rate as a carer is something like three pounds an hour or something, and that's not minimum wage. That's bonkers, isn't it? No. It needs to be minimum wage. It should. Be, I mean, I I'm not greedy. I'm not asking for a lot, but I'm asking for enough to keep my family going. Mm. You know, we don't. We try our hardest not to claim anything. We try our hardest to look after them. But there are a lot of costs involved in a special needs child, which I didn't even think about or know. I mean, the sheer level of washing I do feels normal to me because that's my every day since he's been born. But Grayson goes through five changes of clothes a day. That's a whole load on his own. And then when I talk to other people, like, yeah, no, I don't do that much washing. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he has to be bathed every other day, which is pretty standard, but we have to fill the bath to the top because of equipment. Right. Whereas most people don't fill the bath for a kid to the top. So there's the added water. It's, it, there's simple things. He has to have um, so much machinery, like his electric, so his breathing machines, all that. So it builds up electric. Of course. And there's no... You can apply for discounts in electric, but we tried and it was so 
hard. It was like a 45-page form, and I just gave up in the end. And how about the cost of actual equipment? Because he's, he's, really he's got a special... Has he got a special wheelchair or...? Yeah, so the wheelchair is currently a government-funded one, but it's three years old and now not suitable. So we are looking to privately fund one. I guess that's the thing, isn't it, is that when you've got a growing child, mm-hmm. that stuff needs to grow with them, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the next one's about 5500 Wow. His... Um, chair that he has at home is 1500 his trike so just like a bike to get him out and about which thankfully bloggers fundraise for which I remember, so I remember the fundraising yeah so that was four and a half thousand um car seat was two thousand but he's nearly out of that now everything's spent the bed was ten thousand um that's a huge amount of money to yeah. be spending i mean that we didn't is... spend that so that's on that's on loan but the day they want to pull it away, they can pull it away. Uh, we've got the newest thing is we need to get a wheelchair assisted vehicle. So, yes, there's a part of his benefit that will pay the monthly lease for it, but we've got to find the £7,000 deposit. It must be exhausting just even finding out all mm. what, what you know what you're entitled to and reading through. Yeah, because there's no one to help you with that. It, well, that's not fully true. So, if your child's diagnosed, so for example, if my child was had cerebral palsy. There are charities that help you fill in paperwork and do all those things. But because Grayson's undiagnosed, he doesn't fall into a bracket. So So he's undiagnosed because the combination of his issues is so rare. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, is he the only child? He's definitely the only child in the UK and Europe. So they've done, they did genetic testing. Like, so he's had lumbar punctures, um, brain scans, phenomenal amount of bloods. I cannot even remember how many. And he's done a DDD study, which is massive studying guys and they've all come back inconclusive so he's now after like a year of fighting just been accepted for the genome study which we're literally one of the last children to get on it Um, and in theory that should diagnose him but they said that about the last one. So right. I'm not... I sort of like go, I really, really hope so, but... You don't want to get your hopes up. No, and it's two years of waiting to find out. So, and you might not still after two years, it might be too inconclusive, but... Well, what would it mean to you to have a diagnosis? It's really different reason now to what it was even six years... Well, even two years ago. Years ago, it was because if I could put that on paper, I felt like people would understand. And they wouldn't, because his diagnosis is going to be so rare... Everyone's going to go, oh, well, you know, what, what, what's this? Yeah. But for now, for me, it's because of Addie and Deacon, because we know it's genetic, but what we don't know is if they're carrying it, and if they're carrying it, are their children, you know, is that... And I don't really want them to go through what we're going through. Mm. And that, that I don't mean that negatively. I love Grayson, and I wouldn't not have him, and he is amazing and he brings a lot to me you know yes he doesn't give me the same feedback that my other children give me but he gives it in a whole different concept but i the life i've lived is not a life i choose for my children i think that that's quite an important distinction to make isn't it that you know that you are not saying that you would go back and change no. things and that you're not you've, you've got no regrets no but you're allowed to not wish that for yeah. your children yeah. when they're growing up and having well, children. I have to live with the fact they've told us that Grayson could die of a stroke any day. So every day, like if he sleeps past four o'clock, which is really rare, and if he's really quiet past four o'clock in the morning, I wake up and for that split second, 
I open, I like turn on his video monitor, well his video monitor's usually on, but I roll over and check it. I'm like, okay, is he in there? He's there, because he's in a locked bed, so he can't get out. But then I realised that his video monitor can't tell me if he's breathing. Mm. So for that split second, I have to walk to his bedroom and just check. And it's, it, it's, it's normal for me now. Like, I do it every day, like, every time he sleeps in, which is quite rare lately. But it's for that split second you just feel sick. Just Because it's not the first time. He's been blue, I can't even tell you how many nine times now. And we were obviously given... Three times we've been told he wouldn't make the day or night or operation. So it's not, not normal. And obviously, I've got a lot of friends who have lost their children like Grayson. So... I know it could happen tomorrow and it and it could be the most simple thing that's not even related to his disability. Like when he had that seizure and fell out the door, that was, yes, it was related in respect that he had a seizure, but the actual head injury was just an accident. Yeah. So. And that led to an emergency operation, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. And we were given 4% chance of survival <sighs> and he was gone eight hours at King's Hospital and he lost half his skull and by all accounts, he, he should not, you know, they were very honest. I said, what's the chance? They said 4% chance of survival. And then they said, when he comes around, he won't be the same child he was. And I said, well, he can't get more aggressive than yeah, he is. Yeah. And they said, well, he can. He could just be a vegetable. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's true. And I was like, okay. But he didn't, and he came round. But... So when he came round, and, and actually he was, you know... By his normal. It's the same old grace, and I guess... Do you feel any kind of relief that you know, know, yeah. knowing that it could get could get worse, could have got worse? Yeah, because it has been worse. Like twenty fifteen, he was having about two to three hundred seizures a day, and he couldn't even he couldn't do anything. He was just breathing. It was the only thing, and it wasn't all the time. He went in for oxygen quite a few times, but he couldn't sit, he couldn't drink, he couldn't do anything. It was just he just laid on the sofa for about 15 hours a day and then spent the rest of it laying down in bed mm. and then every day you get this like one moment where he just come back but then they, they told us you know he had six months at that point and they said it'll either be a stroke that kills him or he'll just give up the fight so you just I don't know you just I'm quite hard and it's really weird I think I have to be so people go to me, oh, like, you say, it's so matter-of-fact. People, could... I remember telling someone about his brain injury, not re- like recently, because her husband's had one, and she was asking about Grayson's, and she went, you say it's so matter-of-fact. And I said, well, kind of is. Yeah, it's your reality, though, isn't it? And I said, I can't... If I get upset about it all the time, I would actually never stop crying. Yeah. And I've got three kids to get through, yeah. and, you know, normal, everyday life. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do you think that um, raising Grayson has changed you as a person? I've seen you talking about how you've got a bit of a laugh confidence. Have you kind of had to learn to fight for what you want, what you need, or speak up about things? Have you... Has your confidence grown, and have you have you have you kind of seen yourself change in any other ways? Massively. So my confidence. I'm two people with my confidence. So Grayson's mum. I I don't. I actually feel like I'm segmented into different people. So Grayson's mum is like my main. I mean, even probably comes above Addison and Deacon's mum was a rule of thumb every day. Grayson's mum is this hugely confident person who does not give up toot what anyone thinks and I have learned to fight for everything I need I can I mean I walk in meetings now with sort of 15 healthcare professionals and education and I don't care I genuinely don't care what they think of me I can argue my case I have learned to be a nurse to grace and I you know like if you had told me even two years ago I would be able to put a tube in and out of his stomach and dislodge it and put medic I would have gone no way that makes me feel really sick and I can do it I can give him breathing machines I can so that person is hugely confident yeah and strong really strong and you know it doesn't nothing really phases me that as Grayson's mum but in the respect of my confidence what it has done is being so confident for Grayson has meant I'm Cara has become a complete shell. I, d- I just am probably the most unconfident person you'll ever meet on that other respect. Day to day life is just so difficult. Which surprises me because when you know when you look at your blog and all the you know the stuff that you write about and your stuff that you're passionate about, you know, vintage interiors and fashion and yeah. you on your on your blog, which you know, I totally accept isn't always no. yeah. <laughs> how you're actually feeling. You come across as this vibrant, oh, confident thank person. It's funny because I, so I've hired a mentor with regards to my blog because I've been blogging 11 years now and I've got really disheartened about it because the blogging world's changed, which you know, and I, I just don't know where I fit or where I am. And I hired this mentor and we got into a conversation the other day on Skype and I burst into tears and she was just like, people really don't get you. She said, you are very, very clever at, on Instagram and social media, putting this person that's, you know, she said like, because I do, I get a lot of comments about, because I'm obviously I'm plus size, I put a fashion shot up and they're like, oh, you're so confident, I wish I could do that. And I'm just like, seriously? No, that's exactly what I'm not. Yeah. But... They're all things that I love so much. And they're the, they're the thing... Being Grayson's mum is 80% of my life every day. And it, it is really difficult. There's no pretending it's difficult. It's very exhausting. He doesn't sleep very much. He takes a lot of care. But that means that that 20% of me is very selfish and really needs to find things that make me happy to counteract all that. And so my blog does that, and social media, Instagram and stuff especially, and the people I meet through that. So 
the fact that I can promote that confidence is purely because I really want people to like me. Oh, yeah. And because our real life is hugely isolating. Yeah. I, I cannot. People think I'm joking, but we genuinely don't have real life friends. What I call real life friends, we lost absolutely every one of them. Just simply because you were far too busy to keep up with them or no because we made real effort not to do that um I just think people don't want to be around a child like Grayson and I don't I I have no upset especially for friends family I found it a bit more difficult because family I feel you should love someone no matter what when they're family you know unless they do something bad but he's not done something bad he's this little child Mm. that can't help who he is but friends, I totally, totally sympathise. I understand why they chose to leave. Because if we go out, people do stare and people do make a lot of judgments and people do make comments. And I actually don't mind. I'm really hot. There's a lot of families that find it very difficult and in respect don't leave their homes because of it, mm. because they feel so isolated. Me, I don't care. You can look at my son, you can stare. Don't say something nasty to him, but... It's human nature. We look at what we don't understand. And people go, oh, you people should ask questions. And I think, well, let's talk about it from the point of view. If someone came up to me and asked me a question, I'd be really honest. And I have no issue with answering those questions. But I know a lot of families who are like ours that would be so angered and hurt by you coming up and asking them a question. Right, yeah. Because they just want to blend in. Yeah. And... I'm quite on. I'm quite realistic. We can't blend in. Yeah. Grayson's in a wheelchair. He makes an awful lot of noise. He bangs. He shouts. You know, he's not. You know, me. My other kids make just as much noise, but he's more obvious. And yes, he doesn't look stereotypically special needs because if you looked at him in a picture, I don't think you'd know because he doesn't have physical disformities or disabilities. But he frightens people. I mean, I had a woman in the sh- who didn't realise Grayson was my son. She was standing in queue in Mark Spencer's the other day, and he shouted as Grashley wheeled him past, just a happy shout, and she jumped, and she went, oh, you, don't you wish these people would shut their children up? And I'm standing right behind her. I mean, that's, that's kind of an unreasonable reaction. Full stop. For, for any children child. Children make noises, don't they? Yes. But he was so it echoed, and I just, I sort of laughed, and then I went... Be my guest. Try and stop him making that noise. And she said, sorry. I said, that's my son. And she went, well, you should teach him to be more quiet. And I said, he's actually, if you'd looked, in a wheelchair. And I said, honestly, he wouldn't even understand if I told him. And she just mm, walked off. She needs a bit of a and lesson I was just like, in acceptance, hmm. doesn't she? And I just sort of giggled. And the woman behind the teal looked at me and was like, I'm so sorry. I said, there's nothing for you to apologise for. And it's not the first time we've had it. We had a woman that fell over in a supermarket because he was so happy and he shouted and she had a go at me. And I just think, I don't know, it, people find it difficult, friends find it difficult and the online world thankfully gives me friends that I don't get in real life. So You mentioned before that you find real comfort from social media. Is there a flip side where you're also being bombarded by these images of sort of family perfection yeah and what you know what you could have had had things been different yeah how do you balance off the benefits you get from social media with any sort of negative feelings um i'm learning to i'm not yet that that was what my mentor and i were talking about the other day because i said 
people don't want I so if you notice my blog has gone from being so it started as something completely different and then I went to sort of what they could class as I hate the parent blog term because everybody's a parent anyone that's a parent and blogs is <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's just a label isn't it yeah, yeah but so and then I went into what they call parent blogging and a lot of my posts were designated around my children and my feeling and then there was a massive amount of to do with Grayson and how I responded to him and then I just stopped it dead about two years ago there's a, literally not even a handful of posts about being a parent and she asked me why and I said because people don't want to see my family and she said, I don't know that's true. I, I said, don't think no. that's true either. I, she, I said to her, PR companies don't want to work with a special needs family. And I've had it said to me. So there's two holiday companies that actually came to me and said the, why they didn't work with me. And I was really thankful for their honesty. And I said that to them. I said, don't, please don't think of it as a negative. That's so surprising, though, because special needs families go on holiday too. Thank you, yeah. So... So that's why I set up Raising a Superhero, because obviously I have that as a separate entity. So, so this is your separate Instagram account? Yeah. Is it every day you upload to it? or just Every day on Instagram. The blog sort of has hit, been hit and miss because life got in the way. So we try and do once a month on the blog. But on Instagram... Instagram's you, a daily picture of his picture everyday of life. Grayson and then something that he's been doing. Yeah, or, so like a story behind his yeah. everyday. Because I think it's for a lot of people it's quite interesting to see... And it was funny, someone said to me, he sleeps a lot. And I just laughed because I was like, no, he really doesn't. <laughs> but his pictures look like he does because he, if we leave the house, he sleeps. That's his mm-hmm. way of coping. Mm. But yes, yeah, so I sat raising a stupid because I want to work with a lot of brands. More, So I wanted to work with a lot of brands, for example, um, holiday companies, days out things like that because I wanted raising a superhero to be this one place that you could go because as a special needs family the first thing I have to do is I think right where are we going to go where's going to cope where's wheelchair friendly and then I have to think past wheelchair friendly because most places are wheelchair friendly now which is phenomenal I mean my granddad was in a wheelchair and places weren't Mm. 20 years ago but everywhere has to pretty much be wheelchair friendly now but not everywhere is autistic friendly and special needs friendly and disabled child friendly I mean disabled adults more but disabled child is still like this grey area and so I have to go and I think right can we go there or is it just going to be too much for Grayson is it going to be too much in terms of staring and everything that would then make Addison and Deacon feel uncomfortable and I have to look as a whole picture because we're not just Grayson we're Addison and Deacon who are normal kids that want to do things so that's my hope for raising a superhero. And it's, you know, we had, we went to Norfolk in June and there were a couple of places that invited us and it was brilliant. And they spent so much time talking through with us and how they can improve it. And they didn't even necessarily want blog posts, which I am going to do. They just wanted me to come and say, you know, does this work for you? Because yeah. we really want it to work for everybody. And so that's brilliant. But I find as a whole, social media don't like my family makeup so the 2.4 pretty little children is what people want to see that's what sells products Grayson doesn't he sells special needs products really well but he doesn't sell products and the problem is my family as a whole I cannot pull him out to do these lovely holiday he's posts part of your holiday. he's no. part, part of your family yeah so yeah they I don't I wouldn't say they upset me like I don't look at 
I've got, you know, loads of, we've got similar friends on social media. I don't look at their family makeup who are very similar to mine in ages and everything. I don't feel upset anymore. Like I used, like I used to be like, oh, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like that anymore at all. I've sort of, that's done. You've moved past that. Yeah. I, but I do, I, I actually can look at their person. I just think, oh, I enjoy them because they're my friends. Mm. But I do get a little bit jealous of what I could have achieved blogging wise. Yeah. There's, I'm not going to lie about that. That's an issue that I've had to deal with that's really insightful and interesting but also utterly depressing that you feel that as a blogger as somebody on social media you have been held back by the fact that you have got a special needs child yeah it's been great I mean I don't have a negative I don't negative about social media at all because like I said to you for me it saved my life genuinely has saved my life I could not have done all those hospital stays and been so isolated because now all Grayson's cares in London which is a good on a good day a two hour 20 minute drive from Mm. my home so when your child goes into hospital for a week you know family members come and say hi and it keeps your day pulsating along I don't have that we go to London and that's it it's me Grayson or Ashley and Grayson and it's hugely isolating so social media from that respect saved my life genuinely like because just so many people that care I mean the last when Grayson was in for the head injury a huge amount of them got together in a secret Facebook group and raised enough money to give me fuel money to get back in from us give me lunch and dinner and I I literally was like sobbing and then I sort of but I go to these things like at the moment there's a big group of them want me to start a GoFundMe pay or GoFundMe the ones where you can just keep donating just giving yeah and I just still I'm like no you know I'm very I'm it's the pride in me I think I feel ashamed and I so many people that go why because we just want to help people you. want to help yeah. I, I, I definitely understand that feeling of pride versus and feeling like actually no I should be able to do this myself yeah. we should as a family be able to Support get through this it's but, that's that's really tricky yeah. to manage isn't yeah. it yeah We'll get there. Um, so okay. So, what does the future look? Um, what does the future look like for you guys as a family and for Grayson? Do you know, or are you still no. at a point where no, you're still almost like living from week to week, from month yeah. to month? So we're told not to look when because I I I went to my Grayson's school the other day and his teacher's really understanding and I said, look, um, obviously he's only got two more years in the primary side of school. Then he jumps up. It's one school, but segregated how it's run. Right. And I was like. What's going to happen? How is this going to be dealt with? Because in his primary education, they now grade him by ability, not by his year group. But the secondary still runs very much on year group. Right. I said he can't go back with his year group because they've, you know, most of them can read and write. He can do nothing. And she went, "You, that's not. That's two years away." I'm like, "No, no, no. I need to know. I need to. I'm a. I'm a." dreadful control freak <laughs> hugely dreadful control freak and control freak around Grayson just horrific I mean his teacher is now one of his carers out of school and she took him out the other day and that's the first time I've ever let anyone take Grayson out ever in nine years and she didn't realize that and she was so good and she sent me a picture every hour and she was sending me updates and I felt so bad afterwards I was like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to make you feel like you had to do that it's understandable though I mean when you you know when he needs such a high level of care having control over that is completely understandable but yeah no we don't we don't we're not allowed to look forward to the future is what they tell you 
Ashley doesn't. Ashley is so... We're complete opposites. I'm incredibly pessimistic. He's incredibly optimistic. So as far as Ashley's concerned, Grayson's going to live till, you know, 40, 50, whatever. I'm not so sure. I already have his funeral planned in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, we just joined the hospice because the hospice has an end-of-life suite, which is then open to us. And I was talking to a friend about it the other day who's also her child's really disabled. And she went, I didn't even know they had an end-of-life suite. I said, you go there. She went, but I don't want to know about that. Why would you want to know about that? Everyone deals with it differently. Yeah, so Ashley didn't want to see it. So he didn't. I went and saw it, and he, he saw a little bit of it, but he was like, why would I want to know this? Whereas me, I'm like, right, what are we going to do? That's the control thing passes? again, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because they take your car away the day, within a week of them dying, and they take all this equipment. So how are we going to deal with this? We're not going to have a car, so we need to put a contingency. I'm like this, and he just looks at me like, he, he's, he's right there. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I have to... Yeah. So no, the answer is we have no... We live each day as today, because two years ago he wasn't going to make six months, and now two years later he's here. From, from Take each day. From where I'm standing, you are doing an amazing oh, job. thank you. So, <laughs> you know, I really wouldn't worry I'm not too sure much. they agree with that, but... <laughs> your kids look well-rounded and you know even just you saying that they were asking to do activities that included their, yeah, their big brother they are really good that is testament brother. to you know how well you're doing so Thank i think you. you know go easy on yourself yeah that's a um, parent's job i think unfortunately isn't it we all parenting is literally the hardest thing on the planet it's hard i mean nobody wants you and harder for for some compared to others so it's going to be different for you again twins it's like (laughs) a whole other parenting journey i think people go i couldn't do your life and i said yeah you could it's just you're not doing it so you think you couldn't but everybody thinks they can't do what someone else is doing and that's that absolute tosh everybody can do it it's just everybody's journey's different Mm. so you've parented one daughter beautifully and done that and now you're going to have two others and yes they're both girls but then there's that whole twin thing that's going to add into it and then a mummy of three like at the flick of a switch oh my goodness (laughs) I'm in denial at the moment Cara (laughs) you'll be fine it's not not happening Um, okay I've got some quick fire questions for you Um, if you could take your family anywhere in the world where would it be America so I'm half American. Oh, are you? Yeah. And I, we were, before we had Grayson, we were doing a road trip across America, which we then had to cancel. So I would do that because I'd love to just show them. There's so much to see over there. Yeah. And Grayson is the biggest Mickey fan on the planet. So to take him to Disney, Florida, is just, it's actually what we're, we're contemplating for a make-a-wish decision. But is it... Would it be suitable for him? Like, are they kind of set up for... They're set up for disabled children. Oh, phenomenally. But I guess it's quite stimulating. That's the, the problem. So Disney Paris, we did a few years ago. Oh, God, no. Like, I was pregnant. I was telling you, I was heavily pregnant. I was 38 weeks pregnant with Deacon. So five years ago. And it was horrific. Mm. Because, not because of Disney. They did everything they could possibly do to make it brilliant for Grayson. It was just, he found it so overstimulating. Yeah. But... Up until this last week, he's been in such a good place. I think if we're going to do it, it's now or never. Mm. So it is something we're thinking about. 
Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, you're really into uh, vintage inspired interiors. I am. I'm, I'm looking around your kitchen. This, actually, this room's the least vintage. Well, but then you've got kind of vintagey photo frames up, and yeah. you've got, I can see you've got kind of uh, vintage inspired crockery up there. I do. Um, what would your top tip be for buying vintage? Um, eBay's brilliant. So I have like two G plan units, which were 99p from eBay. You are kidding. How did you manage that? Because people are just daft. <laughs> um, well, we like you know, value. it was so funny. When Ashley picked up one and he took a pound and he said, oh, don't worry about the penny. And he just went, I'm not happy with this. This guy did. And I went, why? And he was, he went, this should have sold for a lot more. And I, I just was like, then don't start it at 99p. Yeah. But people, people think, oh, I won't start because it's cheaper. But if you want something to sell, not everything's going to sell for the amount you want. So yeah, two cabinets for 99p. One I resold for £100. <laughs> After like five years as well, because we just couldn't fit it in this house. Um, the other thing, look places you wouldn't look. So people, oh, it's really, people go, oh, you have to go and pay over the odds in like typing vintage on Google. Yeah. But those people are knowing what they're doing. They're selling it. You'd be surprised where you can go. I go to like a lot of charity shops and stuff. But eBay and Facebook groups, they're like, they're the new eBay, aren't they? Yeah. And the nice thing about those is most of the time it's they're local ones, so you can get it. But I get an awful lot of skips as well. I'm dreadful. Oh yeah, I'm dreadful. Half my furniture's skip furniture. Um. Okay. What has been your most embarrassing parenting moment? Have you had any? You know, Grayson peed on me. But and that sounds like oh, everyone's been peed on. But we do. My brother lives in London. He moved up there not long before Grayson was born. And he said, come up for the day, so you, you know, and I'll take you around. And Grayson was in a pushchair, so it's like really easy. He was like six months old. So I take, you know, the huge mummy bag full of everything, including the kitchen sink, and five changes of clothes for him. And literally get up there, and I said, right, I'm just going to change his nappy, and then we can go. And I opened it, and he peed all down me. Oh. Like, and this is like 10 o'clock in the morning. <gasps> Did you change change of clothes for yourself? No. Oh, no. And I mean, saturated. And so I literally, we went to a nice restaurant in London. I went on all the, you know, the district. Like, I went in all the tubes. Covered in Covered pee. in urine. <laughs> and it was white. I was wearing a white top. Oh, so it no. was not even like, I'd like hand washed it and quickly dried it. But it was very much covered in urine. But I've had loads. The kids are dreadful. Addison and Deacon are dreadful for saying things. They tell, like, you know, when you say something about someone and then they say, oh, mummy said. Yes. And I'm like, oh, no. You, you have to learn to not say yeah. those things in front of the kids, don't yeah. you? Otherwise, it just gets repeated. Deacon swore once really badly as well, but he hadn't heard it from us. He'd heard it from someone else and he just blurted it out. I can't even remember. We were somewhere really quiet and I was just, oh, my God. <gasps> I mean, you know, no one likes their child. And I was like, that's not from us. We, we didn't... Oh, we, we don't approve. We don't no, use that we language. we swear around you. Cara, thank you so much for being thank my guest you. today. It has been so lovely to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you. How amazing is Cara, everyone? She's just a fantastic lady. I'm going to pop links to her blog and her social channels on the show notes so that you can follow her and follow Grayson's progress. But thank you so much for tuning in. Please hop over to iTunes where you can rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, which really helps other people find the podcast. So please do that if you've got 
five seconds spare um, and I'll catch up with you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.